Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Hello, everyone. Greetings, one and all. Greetings and, and felicitations. And if, uh, if our ratings go any lower, I think one and all is going to be the same thing. <laughs> They're equal. <laughs> this is Rich Wilgus, John Tallarico. And you are listening to Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. That would be us. So what's going on, man? What's new? My pants are heavier. I mean, my wallet is heavier. Really? By uh, about 40, 50 bucks. I'm a poker god. <laughs> Why? What happened? Oh, I just played another poker match and I won a little cash. You won some cash. Cool. Yeah. What else is going on? Anything big? We have an oh, announcement. Oh, yeah. Big. Huge. Huge. Mm. If you multiplied gigantic by enormous, the product would not be big enough to describe this news. It's ginormous. I'll let exactly. you do the honors. I did, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the, it. Yeah, uh, the thing. We have swag. And I don't mean that announcer guy on uh, on that Jesse James. Uh, oh, that's company. right. <laughs> that is his name, isn't well, it? What's the name of that show? A Monster Monster House. Garage. Or Monster Garage. Monster, Monster House, House is off the air now. They had their last one recently, but I like that one better actually because I sort of into this old house thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, swag. Yeah, I'm, I was going to do an impression of him, but he screams so you loud. Can't do it. No, it would hurt my voice. But we have our online store up and running. And if you go to our website, www.bloodyveg.com, there's a button on the left. It says, get bloodthirsty. That's right. Get bloodthirsty. Bloodthirsty swag. You click on that, you get taken to the Bloodthirsty Vegetarians online store, and you can click on a button and like buy stuff, I guess. Yeah, a shirt. Right now, we have one product. (laughs) We have all of one product. It's a black American-made or maybe not. I think it's American made. It Cotton, American. heavy duty. Like Hanes or one of the real yeah. brands. Mm-hmm. And it's it's black. I think we're offering any color you want as long as you want black. Mainly because our logo looks good on black, <laughs> That's I think. Right. It was and, designed for black. Yep, yep. And it's like $20.40. And don't be fooled. We're not like making lots of money on this stuff. It's just that <laughs> these companies like, what's this one called? I think it's Spreadshirt, Spreadshirt, which is almost obscene. And then there's like Cafe Press. They'll do mm-hmm. one-offs. And we, right. we didn't want to actually inventory products. So these guys will actually make you one shirt, and they're charging us a lot of money, and we're making almost nothing. But uh, right. buy a shirt, I dare you. Buy two. Give them as gifts. Yeah, I mean, this really isn't about making a whole ton of cash. It's to help us pay for some of the incidentals, like, you know, food. <laughs> Gas. Gas. Um, electricity, that kind of crack. stuff. Crack. I mean, we don't we do not do the show to make tons of money, but we would like to get <laughs> it's some. It's a good thing, too. <laughs> yeah. We would like to get something back. And if you like the show, please support us. I mean, we're not asking for, for uh, just straight-out donations, uh, although you can do that, too. That would be fine. Um, but, you know, wear the T-shirt around. Let people know what you like. And it's funny, it just says bloodthirsty vegetarians. It's one of those thought-provoking phrases, and if you're walking around on the street somewhere with a black t-shirt that says that, people will probably ask you questions. Hopefully. You know, it's weird. Every once in a while, speaking of bloodthirsty vegetarians, we're going to talk about that a little bit right now. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. It's our show. We always talk about that. 
Every once in a while, I do an ego search, a bloodthirsty vegetarian's ego search, and I pl- plug that into uh, Google or Ask, you know, because Ask is advertising like crazy now. Not, oh, I know. Google's not better. They're just more popular. <laughs> right. I don't know if any of that's true, but I, uh, I plug our name into Google every once in a while, and I find usually something interesting, like we found that little article talking about us, mm-hmm. kind of talking about us. But I found a guy who links to us, and I wasn't familiar with his podcast, but uh, he does a show called Check This Out. And I actually haven't listened, the only show I listened to so far was the one where he mentioned us. I think it was his episode number 24, and basically that entire show is pretty much his live recording of a, a podcasting meetup he went to in Canada. And uh, I get from looking at his blog, it looks like he talks about legal issues and stuff like that, which is sort of interesting. He might be yeah. actually worth having on the show if he's a, a law student or professor, because every once in a while we throw those things out like, I don't know what law there is to back this up. But right. so he could he, be our expert. We can, maybe can have yeah. him as our expert. Well, he's well, he's in Buffalo. It's not like we couldn't meet in the middle or uh, Rochester or something. We'll or Skype him uh, in. Skype him in or just mm-hmm. have him drive down or would drive over there or something. Yep. But yeah, he gave us some nice uh, some nice plugs on uh, their podcast number 24, talked about us uh, in, in pretty glowing terms. And he links to us permanently from his site too. I think it's cto.libson.com. We'll link to him. But hey, Jim. Thanks for uh, for the kind words. We appreciate it. Yeah, what we also appreciate is that when he spoke about the show, he actually understood what the show was about. Yeah, unlike the woman who wrote the article claiming to have listened to the show, I didn't get the feeling she had listened to more than one, and certain probably not Maybe even the an first entire one. episode. <laughs> but this uh, Jim from Check This Out CTO, he uh, you get the feeling he's actually listened to a lot of the shows because he knew a lot about us and what we do, and uh, that was kind of cool. And how we're not a cooking show. And yeah, and how it's really not about being a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. I got this little news article I just wanted to mention because we were talking about I don't know. This isn't really directly about what we were talking, but we were talking about kind of law and and how law generally doesn't intersect with reality and 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 uh, morality and and doing the right thing. Um, and just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. Um, in New Jersey, Asbury Park, New Jersey, there was this uh, this eighty something year old. World War II veteran who worked as one of the ticket takers, ticket rippers um, at the theater. And he's got two tattoos on his forearm, mm-hmm. one on each forearm from his military service. He got these tattoos when he was 17. Uh, he was a, a, a Marine in World War II. And um, AMC theaters used to have a uniform that was long sleeve. And they changed their uniform over the years. And he's worked for them for like 15 years. And they just fired him because he's got tattoos on his arm. That say what? That one of them has his serial number from being in the Marines, and the other one has something like a Stars and Stripes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing offensive. It's not like he's got tribal tattoos with uh, naked women or anything. Well, and, tribal tattoos are fine. Some of that artwork's yeah. really cool. Well, right. But I think that what they said was they fired him because he had uh, tattoos, and they have a, an anti-tattoo policy. The thing is, they changed their uniform to make it short sleeve so he can't cover them up anymore. They said that he was a... a a phenomenal employee. He had stellar records. He always uh, was volunteering for holiday hours when other people wouldn't. Working on holidays. Yeah. And um, they fired him. Well, he got a lawyer and, and the lawyer said, you know, he really didn't have a leg to stand on, but we wanted to fight it because of the whole employment at will clause. You know, if you're an employee, you're employed at will. They could fire you for any reason. I just think that employment at will is kind of inhumane. That's all. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. He got his job back, by the way, only because they made a big stink about it. Right. Not because it was the right thing to do. 
Well, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to think about this one more, but employers, I think, can dictate dress code and things like that. Hey, who was that guy who just came over to the Yankees? He had to get a haircut. I don't have a problem with employers making a dress code, but when they when the dress code is changed halfway through and the guy's already been an employee for 15 years, can't you make an exception for this guy? Or how about just letting him wear long sleeves again? Exactly. Hello. I mean, that's uh, seems like it's a pretty simple solution. Yeah. He's, you know? And at one point they said that, uh, or one person said that they asked him to cover him up with makeup. Like you're asking eighty year old guy who's to fought wear, for this yeah, country. He's an ex marine from yeah. World War Two. He's gonna wear makeup. Yeah. Can you put makeup on your arms because nobody wants to look at your tattoos? That Actually, eyeshadow. I, that I, eyeshadow I, looks great on you today, by the way, John. <laughs> Thank you very much. It goes well with my not wearing pants. <laughs> right. Actually, I mean, but seriously, think about this. An eighty year old guy. I think it would draw more attention if he's got this, you know, pancake makeup on his arms versus just tattoos that you normally see on guys his age right you expect to see world war ii vets with anchors and stuff like that on their forearms i mean it's a little cliche but it's common you know i mean for some of the 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 tattoos that people are wearing today right you everywhere yeah i mean literally everywhere you would think that it wasn't a big deal but i guess it you know that's the deal so anyways my bottom line is the law doesn't always match up with what's right no and uh we need to get tattoos well you need to at least. Oh, no, we. I'm all set. Are you good? <laughs> I'm uh, good with those. So we got a tune. We're going to jump right into the tunes. And yeah. this one is a band we've played before, some local Syracuse guys, a band called Eye Level. This one's called 81 on 81, which I think has something to do with speed, going at a high rate of speed on Interstate 81, which is kind of around here, right? Sure is. But I'm sure nobody would ever speed on a highway, so I'm sure that's not what they're talking about. Nope. Let's check it out. Thank you. 
nothing like i can't drive 55 <laughs> yeah i think sammy was playing on that one <laughs> you know driving Similar down 81 tunes, yeah they're talking about 81 route 81 north and south interstate 81 interstate 81 yeah because it goes right into pennsylvania pennsylvania it does it heads north south you know all odd interstates go north south and even go east west that was like on purpose even I, i'm thinking it might be in three digit ones avoid cities really yeah i didn't know that yeah they go around Oh, see, they, they hook get, an interstate, a two-digit interstate, to a two-digit interstate, and they avoid the city. That's a good system. Yeah, it's almost like somebody put some thought into that. Crazy. But yeah, that was Eye Level, great local band here from Syracuse, New York. We love them. Well. Well, like them. <laughs> we like them a lot anyway. <laughs> so John got really, like, wicked torqued I got, a couple I weeks got ago. Wait, I'm going to put a disclaimer here. If there are any children around... Have them avert their ears. This this next section is about nipples. Breasts, even. Shh. Let the kids get out of the room first. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, breasts, I didn't, even. I didn't say that. All right, so I'm watching this show on Discovery Health Channel. I don't wait, even know. Wait, wait. What wine are we drinking first? 
Wine. Yeah, that's right. You want me to talk about wine before nipples? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Cellar Vinos Pinol. Nuestra Señora del Portal. Spanish wine I picked up a couple of months ago. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's a good table wine. Um, I don't think it's an award winner, but uh, it's not bad. Of course, this one... It comes um, in a bottle. Yeah, it comes in a bottle. No, it's really not bad. I'm wondering if this bottle might not be just a little bit, just a little funky, just because the cork, uh, we didn't get a nice pop when we popped it out, and it seemed to be a little loose, but it's It says tinto. Does that mean it's tainted? It's tinto. It means it's red. In Spain and South America, there's two kinds of wine. There's vino tinto and vino blanco. <laughs> It'll know, be red and white. Yeah, there's no. Apparently, they don't get into the whole Cabernet versus Merlot. You know, no, nah, they don't care so much. Versus Pinot kind of thing down there and over there. But anyway, so you're watching Discovery Health. Yeah, all right. So nipples. Anyways, <laughs> I like the. We nipple. all got them. We've all got them. And I knew a guy when I was working down at a Studio in New Jersey who had three of them. Wow. That's another story. Yeah, he did, honestly. So I'm I'm watching Discovery Health Channel, and there's a show about a a cancer survivor. She she was getting some plastic surgery to reconstruct her breast because she had a a radical mastectomy. A common thing. And it's a common thing, and they're they're actually showing a little bit of her backstory about how she's had to deal with this situation. And over time, what they did is they, they, uh, they put in a breast implant, and then they stretched out the skin to reform it. And then she obviously didn't have anything other than the flat skin. And they wanted to have another surgery to reconstruct a, a nipple on, on her breast. It, which generally, those they come in pairs. There's the breast and the nipple. Right. To make it look it's, a little bit more natural. It's kind of required even. Well, if, if the breast was It's like uh, fully peanut butter functional. and jelly. Jeez. <laughs> oh, when I think peanut I'm, butter I'm, and jelly, I don't think breast and And I'm nipple. not making light of this topic. No. Obviously, breast cancer and mastectomies are a very horrible and traumatic uh, part of daily life for a lot of women. I have a friend who went through the whole breast cancer thing, and she fortunately um, just required a, a small lumpectomy mm-hmm. and uh, didn't need the mastectomy or the radical mastectomy or anything like that. So when, if we're making light of anything here, it's... The censors on this TV show yeah, and which the I'll ridiculous to, yeah. absurdity. We're not. We're certainly not making light of the idea of breast cancer or the the good benefits of uh, reconstructive breast surgery. Yeah. So so what happened is throughout this entire show, they were talking about the the trauma and how she wanted to feel whole again. And obviously, I mean, I'm not a woman, so I'm not going to really understand this. But I understand that if you're a woman and you have your your breast removed. It's like a part of you is gone, and it's something sure. that you've, you've had for quite some time. You do look good in the eye makeup, though. I just want to say that again. Especially without the pants. So anyways, they were they were reconstructing her breasts. And throughout the entire thing, none of this was censored. I mean, they were showing the whole thing. Obviously, they were showing this is a, a Discovery Health. This isn't, you know, Girls Gone Wild or anything. <laughs> I mean, no. So none of this was censored. None of this was blocked out or blurred or anything like that until they they finished the surgery that reconstructed the nipple. They went through and they they actually showed the nipple being constructed with some extra pieces of skin and then as soon as that nipple was done, they started blurring it out as if it was an obscene thing. And I didn't get that. I said they got over right up to the line where they were they were creating a nipple and then when it looked like a nipple, they said we can't show that. That's and I because thought that it was the odd. breast the breast is done apparently. You know, it's not officially a breast till it has a nipple. Right, and, uh, apparently. And then they went through the the part where they even tattooed it with some some pigment to make it look more like an areola and and give it and, some color. Yeah. yeah, you know it's really strange because I used to watch that show, The Operation, which was mm-hmm. on one of the Discovery Learning channels or something, and I saw a lot of cool operations, facelifts, open heart surgery, uh, brain surgery, which was mm-hmm. fascinating. If you told me 
that when the human when a human breathes that the brain pulsates like you can actually see it oozing a little out of the skull with every breath and then getting bigger and smaller if i saw that in a sci-fi movie i would have said you're crazy but i actually <laughs> witnessed it it's really something to behold well, it does but, make sense because the blood vessels sort of mm-hmm. engorge yeah now what i saw on there was a breast um reduction actually mm-hmm. I, I mean i used to watch them all it's not like i tuned in just because i heard this one had like a breast <laughs> reduction he's got it on tivo look for the word breast and find yeah, any show. exactly and they did a breast reduction and they just showed I, I i seem to recall them showing everything they didn't have a problem with it but i mean this gets just to the whole kind of the kind of what's the word i want you know sexual <laughs> well yeah lunacy would certainly be a word but the whole kind of denial of our body the the What's the word I want? You know, there's there's a word for this. Um, anyway, I, I don't know the word. It's in your head. Uh, yeah, no, it exists though. Help me out here. I mean, our we're just so stifled culturally mm-hmm. when it comes to the body. I mean, let's go back to the Super Bowl a couple Super Bowls ago. The whole wardrobe malfunction. I mean, we could talk about whether that was planned or not planned, but who cares? It's a breast. It's a nipple. Everybody's got them. Yeah, and and I don't necessarily think that the. The breast on the Super Bowl, which I don't really want to get too much into that discussion. The breast in the Super Bowl was about the fact that it was a breast, that it was. But I think that the the discussion was it was during prime time. It Fine. Was, it was when parents couldn't actually tell their kids, you know, there's going to be a breast on TV. Yeah, but and these decide. parents, the parents who were complaining, wouldn't let their kids see the breast if they had time anyway. You know, there, there's just so many people that are so repressed about the human yeah. body, and in 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 in, in so doing in being repressed they're really teaching their kids to hate their bodies and to have shame about them and you know and to me that's just really a bad thing or how about the simple fact that it's legal to be topless on a new york state beach i mean they passed that law like 10 years ago so it is conceivable you could go to a beach in new york state and see topless women and even topless men sunbathing you're always gonna see topless men not always I I never understood that whole thing where if a man can walk around without his shirt and a woman can't. Well, that's where I'm going here. It's so odd. And again, we all have nipples. And as I pointed out a moment ago, I used to work with a guy at a recording studio who had three. <laughs> so I can't Scaramanga. say... I can't say double your pleasure, double your fun. It's more of a one and a half kind of thing. <laughs> but, you know, so we can't show a breast on primetime Super Bowl... We can't show it on uh, a health science show, you know, on a on a science cable network, which is about something good and beneficial for the recipient of the surgery. But you could walk on a beach in New York State and and just so you have a beach just up the road here, right? Yep. I mean, there's a lake, so it's conceivable that you could take your family there, and there could be somebody, a woman that's bare breasted. Sure. And I don't know. I just think there's just something really weird about that. Again, it's just the human body. There's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, I'm not saying it should be plastered over everything, and kids should be looking at Playboy or whatever. But I mean, you know, what's the big deal? It's skin. Well, that's that's the other thing that I was going to mention. Is you know, what's the big deal is. I want to find out who's deciding what the big deal is because it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason to it. Literally, well, that very clearly. night, that very night, I was watching earlier. There was a show about some some uh, a guy who does some. Um, he he goes and lives with some tribes and he tries to to live out with their rituals. And on that show, and it's also a Discovery show on a different Discovery Channel. On that show, they were showing full breasts. That haven't had any surgery on them from the native women, and, and they and these might have tribes. had rings though, nipple rings. Well, they didn't. Oh, okay. But, and 
why is it that you can show the breast in a normal situation, but not a breast having surgery on it well, from the same network? It's a little arbitrary. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, there's there's some, you know, some little power monger with the with the sensor button mm-hmm. who just you know took it a little too far. I would think. I mean, here's an example. I think I've told you this story, and when you I think I told you the story after you told me about this topic idea. But when I was a kid, and I'm talking about the late 70s, I remember on a Sunday morning TV show locally produced on WUTR, which is our ABC affiliate, um, there was a locally produced show with a local plastic surgeon from a surgeon from one of the local hospitals. And it was about breast reconstructive surgery for women who've had mastectomies. And again, I'm talking about the late seventies here. Mm -hmm. They were, this was probably 10, 11 AM on a Sunday morning. And they were showing full frontal nudity. Women who had radical mastectomies where both breasts were taken and the surgeon rebuilt two breasts, a woman who had one breast taken and they rebuilt one. And, you know, they were showing complete full frontal nudity of the woman on the chest, you know, from the chest up, the waist up. And I just was amazed as a kid about what an amazing job, first of all, the surgeons did, because when you had the real one next to the the reconstructed one, you couldn't tell. I was like absolutely amazed at the look and what an amazing job these surgeons did. And it seems like we're going backwards, you know, because they were able to show that on a local ABC affiliate, late 1970s, early 1980s. And now on a on a similar show, a show about this very topic, you know, right. they're blurring it out once the, the nipple has color or whatever. I mean, that's just kind of crazy. Yeah, well, because there was that, I mean, in this one episode, they went from one side of the arbitrary line to the other side of the arbitrary line. I went on to the FCC's website to see what the actual rules were about this. I couldn't find anything about any specific content, but I did find some rules which essentially said that they can't show something or they can't broadcast something that has no artistic or cultural merit and at the same time can be deemed offensive right okay. well and, 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 but, th- and those are pretty broad terms right so the question is was this offensive well there's always going to be some maniac who's going to call up and complain right there's going to be the one out of a million well, i'm offended i saw a boob no but offend i think what they were saying and, and if you read the whole thing i'm not going to get into all of this the their description I think it was basically saying any reasonable person, you know, any reasonable person or any reasonable society or any reasonable member of society. I don't think they're talking about the fringe who might say the sight of a breast makes them want to vomit. Yeah, they should be talking about the middle of the bell curve, clearly right. here. And and the other thing was that it can't have any overtly sexual content. Well, first off, this is not sexual one bit. This was about women's health, essentially. The other thing is, yes, it had a lot of... Uh, artistic and cultural merit because it showed oh, definitely. a woman who was dealing with a tragedy and becoming whole again, or at least in, as whole as she can be. Absolutely. And shame on them for, well, I mean, I suppose we should give them some credit because they basically showed everything uh, involved in the process up until the very end. So it's not like they were blurring it from the beginning, but still, you know, get over it. It's a nipple. Who yeah. cares? But in this other show, this this other show, <laughs> Rich is making circular motions. This other show, there, there was this guy. He's he's in this tribe, and I would argue that his show, where he's essentially just going into these tribes and trying to live by their their rules and, and oh, I and know the show you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, I've seen commercials for it. I would say that his show has less cultural merit because, in some ways, he's almost exploiting these people because he's saying, "Look at crazy white man drinking nauseous stuff and vomiting. Look at him eating bugs and vomiting." I would say that the the show about the woman becoming whole again is way better than the well, show about the guy vomiting bugs. I think they both have value. 
and they should both be valued. And I think pitting one against the other is is sort of a bad thing. Well, I'm pitting one against the other because I'm showing the idiocy the, the, of this. The arbitrariness of the choice yeah. of what to censor and what not to censor, clearly. But, you know, they're both good shows. They're both educational shows. They're on an educational network. Look, I was offended by that show. Well, you know, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm over it. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement on this one. I don't Crazy. know about our... No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> You know, we in in the future we need to attack the gun issue. I'll kill you with a gun. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm attack a gun? We issue. have to talk about the gun issue. That'll really get some of our listeners fired up. Which gun? Guns. But which gun issue? The fact that people should own them. Things like that. Oh yeah. yeah. All we gotta, right. We got to attack the gun. We'll issue schedule that one. Yeah. We'll pencil gonna, that one in. We're gonna pencil it in. But we got another tune right now. And this one is really, really cool. When I saw Bela Fleck like three years ago with the Fleck Tones, he always does a little banjo solo, and he busted out with this song, which is a little something called Prelude from Partita Number no. 3 for Solo Violin by J.S. Bach. I'm sure everyone's heard of him, except it's not solo violin this time. It's solo banjo.
That guy can actually play Swimming his pool, instrument. Movie stars. It makes me want to think of the Beverly Hillbillies or something. <laughs> he did. He played the Beverly Hillbillies theme, by the way, in part of his solo. He did not play this tune when John and I saw him uh, in in April. But I've seen him do this two or three times at the uh, the Turning Stone Casino. And the first time I saw him play that, I was not even aware that he had released a classical album. It's called uh, Perpetual Motion. It's a great record. I have it in the car. And uh, there's some really great stuff on there, including that deaf percussionist. Remember I talked about her film, Evelyn Glennie? Mm-hmm. She's playing marimba on a couple of the tracks with the Fleck here. And Is he's she? Pl- yeah, it's, wow. well, I'll, if I can find it, I'll bring it in. Cool. Um, good stuff. I, I also wanted to mention something uh, from the first song, the, uh, the eye-level song, 81 and 81. And when you listen to it in headphones, and you sh- I'm sure a lot of our listeners are listening to this show in headphones, but if you're not, throw the headphones on for that song because there's a lot of really cool, subtle percussion things going on at like slightly lower volumes that if you're driving in your car, you're probably not going to hear. You know, just little subtle congas mm-hmm. and stuff and, and, and interesting percussion instruments. I think there's a, a person screaming who got killed on a, a roller coaster, and there's a cat being stepped on, too. Wow. <laughs> And there's also the boing, the spring noise too. You know <laughs> yeah. that, that's somewhere in there. It's really cool. But the the Fleck is amazing. When I first heard him play that, I mean, I knew Fleck was amazing, and I knew the Fleck tones were amazing. But I, when I went to see them like four years ago, it might have been the first time I actually saw him play live with uh, anything, either a solo or with the Fleck tones. And again, I didn't know that he had that classical record out, and he busted out with that Bach thing, and I was just totally blown away because we we know the band and. Mr. Fleck, they're just great players. But after hearing him play that, I mean, I just came to the instant conclusion that he's as good an instrumentalist on his instrument as any instrumentalist in the world. I mean, listen to him blow through that thing. It's just amazing. Well, yeah, and it's it, it's funny how well the banjo goes with something like that. You wouldn't think so. <laughs> yeah. I saw him uh, a couple years ago, and Victor was really breaking his chops. It was right before one of the little solos uh, that Mr. Fleck uh, was about to play. And he talked about this a little bit when we saw him, too. He talked yep. about how many Grammys he's been awarded and how many Grammys he's been nominated for and under the seven or eight different categories he's been nominated in, all kinds of records. Nobody's mm-hmm. been nominated in as many categories as Bella Fleck. And Victor said something like, "And who'd think? You know, It's not like the banjo's even a real instrument. Right. <laughs> it doesn't get a lot of respect, but no, the guy can play the heck out of that thing. So you saw a movie. We've got. I'm looking at the clock here. We're trying to keep this under 40 minutes ish. Well, we're not gonna. Okay, but it'll be under 45, I think. Okay. Well, you know, we're not trying to jip our audience, but some of our shows, John and I can talk, and sometimes we get a little out of hand. So I saw a film Friday night at the MWPAI.org. Those guys, and it was a film called Why We Fight. And when they first announced that this film was coming, I didn't quite know what it was about. I didn't know if it was a flag waving kind of film. And then, WWF. Uh, I don't know what that means. The Wrestling Federation? No, it's WWE. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's WWE now, mister, because their slogan is get the F out. 
And, and so you think that you're better than me because you know that? <laughs> well, the fact that I know that actually scares me a little, but right. they, they have commercials for it. The only time I really watch TV, as I've mentioned in the past, is in, a, in our break room. And Porn and wrestling. Yeah, basically. That's all people watch at work are MTV Road Rules, um, ESPN, which occasionally, you know, there's some programming on there I like, and VH1. They'll watch that uh, show where all those B stars live in the house together. Um, surreal life. Surreal life, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but anyway, um, I saw a film called Why We Fight, and I didn't quite know what it was about. I didn't know what kind of look at war this was. And as the film draws closer, what they do is they put little blurbs under the um, – I actually have one of their program notes here. And when they have a film that's like two months away, they might just show what the film is. And as mm-hmm. you get closer to the film, they put little paragraphs, you know, giving you a little synopsis of what the film is about. And then when it's actual film night – they usually reprint a Roger Ebert review or a New York Times review. In any case, so I was like, oh, God, is this going to be a flag-waving film? I don't know. But I went to see it. It's a film by Eugene Jarecki, or if you're Polish, you might say Jarecki. It's a 2005 film. It's rated PG-13, and it's 98 minutes. And what it is, the film starts out with President uh, Dwight David Eisenhower delivering his farewell address to the country on January 17, 1961, where he talks about... The military-industrial complex, he invented that phrase. The military-industrial complex, if you're not aware, is sort of the melding of government with gigantic aerospace contractors and Mm -hmm. weapons munitions manufacturers. And it seems as though we have to be at war so these guys can make lots of money. You know, I mean, that's the argument Chomsky would make and stuff like that. But I don't even think Dwight David Eisenhower knew what was coming. But what he predicted was pretty on the money. You know, he said, beware of this. And now the biggest contractors in the world and some of the biggest, most profitable corporations in the world are these uh, military, you know, aerospace-type contractors. Well, him and he was on both sides of it, military and political, you know. Oh, yeah, he was. And as a military man, you know, typically when somebody argues against the military, you can make the, well, you've never been in the military argument against him, you know. But with Mr. Eisenhower, you can't. And they interviewed his children. They interviewed his grandchildren. And it's really interesting, and I don't actually know that much about the man, but even though he was an ex-military general, he wasn't the pro-military, you know, maniac that you might expect him to be. Kind of like Colin Powell. Yeah, to some degree, although Colin sold out a little bit. And and this film is a critical look at the military-industrial complex and at the reasons why we go to war. And they draw a lot of those Chomsky-like parallels between U.S. foreign policy. It just seems to coincidentally benefit all these big companies. Right. So guys like Chomsky begin to ask the question, well, is it coincidence? Are we actually at war so these guys can make money? I mean, war is pretty profitable for these big companies, right? Yeah, it's, it, at this point, it's probably become a chicken-egg kind of argument. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, you have to look at it. At what point does it cease to be a coincidence? You can continue to believe it's a coincidence for the rest of your life if you want and live in that kind of denial, but if you have a critical mind, you have to look at it and go, geez, there's something funky going on here. And the film is a pretty reasoned look at despite the fact that it is arguing from a particular perspective, a critical look at it, it is a pretty reasoned look at the whole subject of the military-industrial complex, as opposed to uh, like a Michael Moore film, which while I agree with Michael Moore's politics and I like all of his films, he beats you over the head with it. You know, there's nothing yeah. subtle about a Michael Moore film. This is a far more subtle film that's more likely to convince the average middle American of the value of its argument than a Michael Moore film might be, which is why, um, I mean, I would recommend all Michael Moore films, but I, I certainly recommend this film. Right. And, and I think we've had this discussion to some extent where 
I might not necessarily disagree with some of the points that Michael Moore is making, but I just think that the way he comes across is sarcastic and kind of smarmy, and, and I don't necessarily think that that's doing his message any justice. No, and I've actually even heard your wife say that. You yeah. Know, we're talking about things like films when I come to your house right before we tape the show. I've even heard, heard her talk about like that, mm-hmm. about Mr. Crazy, Moore. we agree. Yeah, but the the thing I want to talk about this film is not so much the film itself and what it does, but one person that they interviewed in the film, and he was a regular player in this documentary uh, from beginning to end, and his name is Wil- Wilton Sexer, S-E-K-Z-E-R, and he's a, a retired New York policeman, New York cop, and he's basically, this guy is Joe Middle America. I mean, if you had to pick somebody who was, you know, working class, blue collar, kind of retired guy. This guy's it. And one of his sons died in 9-11. He was working in the World Trade Center, and he died. So Mr. Sexer goes on about how he wanted revenge. He was angry, and who can blame him, right? Most of America wanted revenge. And, you know, the Bush administration kept drawing these ties between 9-11 and al-Qaeda and al-Qaeda and Iraq. Right. So, you know, if A equals B and B equals C, A equals C, right? So... And while everybody in the the media that actually does its job knew that there was no, because there was a variety of intelligence uh, reports that said that uh, Iraq had nothing to do with 9-11, you know, Bush kept trumpeting it so he could get his invasion to Iraq. So Mr. Sexer was like, yeah, yeah, let's go get him. I want some revenge for my son's death. And at one point in the film, he sent an email out to the Marine Corps about how he had heard that they can write people's names on munitions that get dropped. So he had asked for his son's name. Uh, kind of a memorial to be, you know, written on one of the bombs. And then he got this email back where it was forwarded and forwarded and forwarded. And he saw all of the messages of the 20 forwards that went through the Pentagon where people were like, I don't know if we can do this. Yeah, we can do this. I don't know. And then finally at the end, the last message said, can do Semper Fi. (laughs) I actually actually love that message the most, not because of what it stands for, but just because that's the most succinct message out of all the ones that they showed. You know, all of these people wrote like volumes about why they can't do it. But the the last guy on the email said, can do Semper Fi. And that was it. Pick up a piece of chalk and just do it. Yeah, there's something about efficiency. You know, (laughs) there's something to be said for efficiency. You know, just do it. Don't, you know, cut, screw the red tape. So anyway, you know, and of course, I'm sure this bomb got dropped and all of that. But then Mr. Sexer was watching the news one day, and I I was talking to you about this a little bit earlier. I don't remember Mr. Bush doing this, but he had apparently said out loud at one point, even recently, that there were no connections between Iraq and and 9-11. And I actually, you know, I guess I have to give him a little credit for doing that, but I don't remember his doing that. But Mr. Sexer was watching the news and felt betrayed. You know, if you can't believe your president, who can you believe? And then he suddenly started to feel very bad because this munitions, all this whole war was unjust and for no reason. And then he felt bad for asking the military to do this deed of, of putting his son's name on the bomb. And I guess my, my the whole point of talking about this one subplot in this documentary is that if this guy, Joe Middle America, can draw these connections, anybody should be able to do it. And hopefully there's more people in the world you know, making these connections and realizing that the Bush administration, Bush administration was just completely full of crap on this Iraq issue and they're nothing but liars. But anyway, I really recommend this film. It's called Why We Fight, uh, Eugene Jarecki film. You know, check it out. Cool going to be another one of those things that are going on my list i'm telling you my list yeah, well, is huge you're, you're, it's it's really long as i mentioned in the last show it's ginormous anyway i think that's a show cool it's the klaxons yeah you have been listening to two gentlemen talking about absolutely nothing that's right otherwise known as bloodthirsty vegetarians 
Check us out on the on the web, the World Wide Web at www.bloodyveg.com. That's B-L-O-O-D-Y-V-E-G.com. Yes, and if you have access to the internets, please send <laughs> us some feedback at feedback at bloodyveg.com. Check out our online store. John made this really cool animated GIF file on the left column of our blog, and if you click on it, it takes you to our animated or it takes you to our animated store. It takes you to our regular store too. And uh, you can like buy a T-shirt, and in the future we're going to have some more products, maybe Pocket some protectors, thongs, thongs. nipple protectors. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, remember, maybe even some slide rolls. Yes. Anyway, you're listening to VIB. 